If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Happy Friday, everybody. We made it. It may have not been easy after that Thanksgiving hangover, but we're here. I'm here. No feet in the parking lot. We got three hours of quality, three hours of content, three hours of laughs, and maybe three hours to make you think a little bit. My co-host, Brett Martineau, on assignment in L.A., also on assignment right now is our producer, Casey, who... Uh, got the go-ahead, I guess, and, and they're taking a little excursion to L.A. They're going to go to, I think, to maybe a Lakers game tonight. Uh, maybe go to Anaheim Mighty... That's not the Mighty Ducks, but the Anaheim Ducks game tonight. I have no idea what's going on, all right? I found this out this Monday that they were going to L.A. Now, maybe they emailed me sooner, didn't see those emails. You know how I get down? Not much of a corporate guy. If you go in some place, just tell me. I'll put it in the memory bank, and we'll be fine. But with that being said, with Casey being out, we are welcomed now by our new producer, Brian, who y'all should know if you watch any part of the overtime segments. Brian does a great job. But Brian, filling in for Casey today, getting the call up, going with the righty, going to the bullpen. Brian, how we doing, man? Hey, man, I like it, man. You know, uh, once you are retired from MMA, man, hype man. Yeah. Just add that to your resume. Oh, I, I appreciate that, I like man. That right there. I, I, I appreciate that, man. You know what I mean? I had, a, I had a whole day to think about that, but I appreciate that. But yeah, man, we'll be holding on the floor today. Going to be keeping the, the, the car on the road, hopefully, as Brent gave us the keys. Brent should be checking with us around 4, and by my understanding, Casey might be calling in, too, maybe with some picks or something like that um, in the 5 o'clock hour, or maybe talk about his Thursday night football record, which, spoiler alert, isn't the best-looking thing. But before, before we get into sports here, I know there's been an update about my cell phone situation, and I, I want to keep the people up there up to date with that, because people were wondering, I'm sure, and I've decided that I'm going to go in the, in the David Blaine route. Now, uh, Brian, do you know who David Blaine is? Uh, I've heard the name. Yes. Uh, it's like, um, he's like a, he's an entertainer. He is an entertainer. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, he's an entertainer. So he's, I guess you'd call him like a street magician. That's and, right. Yeah. And, and, and he's known for doing these crazy kind of stunts. I mean, for instance, I think the guy froze himself for like two days. He once buried himself for uh, a week with no food. I think there was, okay. I, I think he held his breath underwater for like 10 minutes once. Yeah. So just this guy who, I mean, if you want to call him magician, you can call him magician. I just think he's a crazy dude who puts his body through, you know what? For me personally, you know, I haven't had my phone now for two days. We're, we're going on 48 hours right tragic. now. A, a very tragic. Uh-huh. But you know what? I'm feeling good about it. The first 24 hours, withdrawals. Wanted to play some podcasts. Wanted to play some music at the gym. Couldn't do it. But I found a way through. Couldn't go on Twitter. Couldn't go on Facebook. Not really sure what's happening in, in the sports world. Thank God for Google. But I, I overcame. And now we're on almost hour 48. And you know what? I'm still doing okay, and it makes me wonder, how long could I go without a cell phone? How long can I push myself to the limits before it becomes too much where, hey, I got to listen to some music, man. Hey, I got to get that Joe Rogan podcast back up. I'm okay right now. I think I can hold out for at least a week. Now, the problem with that is work emails not getting checked. Brent probably trying to text me. That's not getting seen. Casey maybe trying to text me. Not getting seen. Brian. 
if, if you had a fail-safe, you know, like, like, for instance, so my, my wife right now is essentially screening my text messages through my friends. Like, if my friends got to get a hold of me, they go through my wife. Okay. She's not impressed about it, and, and I appreciate her sacrifice and her service to this whole ordeal while I wait for the insurance company to figure out my cell phone, but she's doing a great job of keeping me informed. If you had a fail-safe in place, how long could you go without using a cell phone? Uh, well... <sighs> That's a good question. I would say a week would be easy because there's a sense of peace, like you said. After the first 24 hours, yeah. the withdrawals, yeah. once you get past that, oh, you realize refreshing. how peaceful it is. It's refreshing. You bro. don't have I'm a bunch you. of different notifications and no. things. And uh, Facebook says this, IG yes. says this, and there's another text. So I could go easily. Watch this. Easily I could go a month. You could go a month. Brian, Listen, you could go a month. I have a fail safe, right? So okay. I could go a month. I okay. don't need the phone. To be honest with you, I don't like talking on the phone. I don't like talking to people Preach. on on the phone like one on one. Unless it's like an emergency or something, like of with course. family or friends or something like that. So, of course, um, yeah, thirty one days. As a matter of fact, not not twenty eight days in February. Thirty one days. Okay, but I could go that long at least. Okay, now I can't stress this enough though because you got to keep in mind. I know what you're thinking to yourself probably. Well, okay, then on my phone I still have Facebook Messenger. I have Twitter. Those things are all connected to my cell phone because you know I had to go with that two step verification process because I wasn't trying to get hacked. So I don't have a Facebook. Well, I have a Facebook Messenger thing. I figured that out finally. But in terms of Facebook, that's not really a thing right now. Twitter's not really a thing. You could go a month without using all that stuff. I, I respect it if this is true. I mean, easily, man. Now, okay. I, I say that because it's a hypothetical that yes. we're probably not going to find out. Hopefully not. Right? Uh, I know probably back in, uh, you know, I don't know what, the 1900s. Yeah. Or when they didn't have <laughs> cell phones. Uh, you know, most people would be like, that's it? You know, yeah. 31 days? Yeah. Uh, I remember all of my phone numbers. That's yeah. what they would say back then. Yep. But yeah, man, easily. It's just... I know the piece that you're talking about right now at the 48-hour mark. Yeah. Where you're just like, no, nah, it's not. I'm not bugged by anything. Okay. I'm still getting my messages via my wife. Yep. I, I'm not missing anything. You're not. And, and I get all the peace. I feel you, man. So you still have the TV, still have the Netflix going. Yeah, and by the way, I mean, if, if you want to take this journey with me, you just got to get the same cell phone provider that I have, and I'll be good. Now, I'm not going to not gonna rat out the cell phone provider I had. They might be a sponsor one day. But it rhymes with tint. Let's just say the cell phone provider rhymes with tint that I'm dealing with their insurance company right now. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Now, number two, what we got to address a little bit. And first of all, I want to owe the, the 690 syndicate, as we call our fan base here. It's been a while, syndicate members, but I haven't forgotten about you. I'm still here. We're still running things. And I appreciate my street team. I got to apologize to the syndicate. Because last night, in terms of when I left this show, what did I say? I had to leave a little early. I was going to a, per a, poker, a poker tournament to represent the syndicate to say, hey, I'm holding it down for ESPN 690, and I'm bringing home the championship, right? Because I, I'm, I'm in the mood for championships lately, it seems like. Well, I couldn't have been any farther off from calling that shot because I might have been the second person out of that tournament last night. Now... I didn't have to pay to get into it. It, it, was, it was for Mark K and K's Kids, which is a great foundation, helping kids, you know, have a better Christmas, underprivileged kids. Um, I'm all for that. It was a great event to be a part of. Free food at Best Bet Poker, and they do it right. Best sushi maybe in town, which makes zero sense to me, how a poker room could have so much sushi, but I, I overdid myself. And I sat at a table with my peers, the people that I worked with here. So, like, the environment was absolutely pristine. Mwah, chef's kiss. Couldn't have been any better. But for whatever reason, just didn't have my A game. For whatever reason, just couldn't read people last night. If you remember, two years ago in this poker tournament, out of, like, 100 people, I got third place. 
And this is with some dude that was sitting next to me trying to talk about his coin collection the whole time. Literally, the for 30 minutes, hey, you into coins? No, 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 man, I, I sure aren't. Well, you, you want to see my pictures of some coins I got? And you know me, I'm too nice, man. So I'm looking at this dude's coin collection. I'm trying to count cards at the same time. I'm trying to place bets. I was on tilt that night, as the professionals say. Two years later, fast forward to last night, couldn't read anybody, got bullied around, lost all my money right away, and it is what it is. So I owe an apology to the 690 Syndicate. We did not bring home a championship. We did get a little embarrassed. I wasn't the first celebrity bounty out, but I think I was the second. Oh, and by the way, shout out to William Hung. I'm not sure if you guys know who William Hung is, former, I think, American Idol contestant who couldn't really sing but made a career out of not singing. Wait, um, he was there? He was one of the celebrities. What is going on? Right? Hey, I'll, I'll tell you what, man. Brian, you know what? Like, yeah, it, it, was, it was cool playing in the NFL, and that was a great time. You know, it's cool being an MMA fighter and getting to fight on UFC Fight Pass. Yeah, I bet. You want to talk about stroking my ego, though, in terms of A-list celebrities at a celebrity tournament? I was next to William Hung, man. Okay. I was talking about poker with William Hung. By the way, guy's a shark. Guy absolutely kills the poker game. That's what he's doing now. Moved to Jacksonville. Not sure where he moved from, but lives in Jacksonville and plays a lot of poker. So I had a nice conversation with him, and I had no idea what to say to the dude. What, what, what am I going to say to William Hung? Hey, what was it like, you know, 10 years ago when you were singing and recording all those? I mean, I had nothing to say to the dude, but he was so cool. So it is what it is, man. Got to meet William Hung last night. Got embarrassed in poker, but you know what? There's always next year, and I ain't going to go out first two years in a row, so you can bet on that if I get invited back. I don't know. If they keep getting guys like William Hung, I may get moved down the list, and then I won't be able to do that anymore. I was about to say, do you get uh, a re-invite if you go out so early, if you play poorly? Man. Do they, do they check your ability level for the following year? Well, to, to be fair, and I'm not going to call anybody out because, once again, the table that I sat at was people that I work with. There was a reason why I went out so early because I had no idea what kind of moves these people were making. People going all in on 2-7. You know, people had pairs of threes. Oh, all in off the flop. It's just, it, it was absolute chaos last night, Brian, and I couldn't read it. But the, the good thing and the silver lining that comes out of leaving that pro tournament early was the fact that I got to go home and I got to watch some Thursday night football and I got to watch the Saints Cowboys now did you watch any of this I did okay let's agree right now and I, I know the people um in terms of the experts and maybe the medical experts want to say well it was a great performance from Taysom Hill you know he's, he's got a really bad finger he's he's got a some nerve damage I guess the same thing uh that Russell Wilson's got I guess they call it mallet finger not sure if it's named after Ryan Mallet, the former quarterback or if it's like a mallet from a hammer you hit your finger but apparently Taysom Hill has mallet finger I don't care because if we had that soundbite ready right now Taysom Hill you ain't that guy okay you ain't that guy and I get people that want to say, well, what does Taysom Hill have in the organization? Why do they give him a new contract? What is the deal with Taysom Hill? And why does Sean Payton love Taysom Hill so much? Now, yes, he had two touchdowns. He was running around like Mike Vick and it looked great. But four interceptions ain't going to get the job done. And to me, you know, when we talk about the Saints, and to me, the Saints, they're, you know, the, the Saints are always kind of an interesting team to me. Because they're hard to dislike, and they've been through a lot. I mean, there was Bounty Gate with the Saints. There was that whole opiate thing with, like, the, 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 the pain pills and the medical staff with the Saints. Um, but through all that, and maybe Hurricane Katrina had something to do with that as well in terms of them having to overcome that and then go to the Super Bowl. But, like, I find myself, you know, being indifferent towards the Saints and, and the Saints fans, per se. Like, I love Bourbon Street. I love the city of New Orleans. Um, I, I don't mind that stadium played there a couple times. 
it's a pretty cool spot. It's a it's a very cool atmosphere. So I have nothing against Saints fans, the city, the team. Nothing against Sean Payton either. But to me, what's going on right now with the Saints? And yes, when Jameis Winston got hurt, that was a huge blow to them. But then you got the sense that oh, okay, I guess the Taysom Hill card is going to get pulled. This to me right here is Sean Payton though at his finest in terms of ego, because we always associate Sean Payton. Um, to an offensive guru, right? I mean, this was the guy that think, you know, basically was thinking outside the box, goes after Drew Brees, but nobody else wanted Drew Brees. Now, at the time, Miami did, but he didn't fit in the mold of, well, you, you may not be a starting quarterback because your injury, that wasn't going to fly in the contract. So the Saints were the only team that was interested in Drew Brees. And when you got him, you were taking damaged goods because he was coming off a pretty significant, you know, arm or shoulder injury, and they didn't know what he had left in the tank. Long story short, Sean Payton, Drew Brees, match made in heaven. You know, they go to a Super Bowl. They win it. Drew Brees breaks a lot of records. And, you know, the rest is history. Drew Brees now on the sidelines or, you know, reporting with a great set of hair. Props to him for doing that. After that, though, Sean Payton, you know, went the Jameis Winston route, right? But you always got the sense that Taysom Hill could have still been the guy. This, to me, is where Sean Payton's ego comes in. Taysom Hill, in case you didn't know, was with Green Bay to start off his career. Didn't make the the final 53, gets cut from Green Bay, shows up to New Orleans, and then, you know, shows some promise as an athlete, and they kind of work him in. And then Sean Payton, you know, slowly starts to make him into a quarterback, I guess, in his image. When we look at the NFL and what teams are successful, it's always about outside-the-box thinking. Right when, when the Green Bay Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers, that was outside the box thinking because, well, at the time, you still had Brett Favre for a couple more years, right? And you, and you should have been living in the now because you're coming off a playoff run with Brett Favre. Getting Aaron Rodgers, that was outside the box thinking. Getting Patrick Mahomes when you had Alex Smith, well, that was probably outside the box thinking. Obviously, Tom Brady, six-round pick. I mean, it wasn't really outside the box. We didn't really sacrifice that much to get him. But trusting him over Drew Bledsoe? That might have been outside the box thinking. So then we have something in common with all this. Russell Wilson, well, another classic example. Uh, they pay Matt Flynn how much money? Russell Wilson comes in and you know what? It's my job now. And they give Russell Wilson the job. Outside the box thinking. So we get the sense that, okay, if, if you want to make waves in the NFL, if you want to be a special team, it's going to require some outside the box thinking. And this is where, where Taysom Hill comes in. It's under my understanding that I think Sean Payton is so hell-bent on making Taysom Hill a quarterback because if he is, if he turns out to be an all-pro one day, then we will be praising Sean Payton and what he's able to do, okay? Now, <laughs> Taysom Hill is obviously a long ways away from that. I don't think he's even going to get there. But let's be honest here, Brian. If we talk about Drew Brees and all he was to accomplish, yes, Sean Payton was a big part of that. But if Sean Payton was able to turn Taysom Hill into, you know, a, a top five and all pro quarterback, would that be more impressive than what he was able to do with Taysom Hill over Drew Brees, would you say? Uh, yeah, we would have to change his name uh, to Harry Potter. <laughs> like, that's not, that's not happening, yeah, right? So yeah, he got yeah. Drew Brees uh, after Drew came from the Chargers, mm -hmm. and he, he, we already knew that Brees could play. Yes. I believe Phillip Rivers, uh, he, he came to the team. Um, and, and he was deemed the, the future moving forward. Correct. And then Drew Brees moved on and mm -hmm. did his own thing. Mm -hmm. But we knew that Drew Brees could throw the ball accurately 
and could play the position of quarterback at a high level ever since his time in college. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if he was to do Drew Brees-level things with, with Taysom, and, and, you know, his, his stat line, if you take the four interceptions out and you don't look at the completions to incompletions, mm-hmm. it is impressive. Like, you know, 250, 260 yards passing, 100 yards rushing, you're like, oh, okay, this is the future. Yep. This is the kind of quarterback that a lot of teams are hoping to have. Someone who's not just mobile but can really hurt you with their legs when they choose to and can get it done passing, whether in the pocket or moving around from side to side. But, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, number one. But if he does get... Uh, he'll somewhat to the level of Drew Brees. I mean, that's going to be the jewel in his crown. Absolutely. No, for sure. For, for sure. And, and yeah, Taysom Hill, once again, not that guy. You ain't going to be that guy. But that to me is what's going on right now in New Orleans. And you saw this with Trevor Simeon too. You know, like when, when the New Orleans Saints announced Trevor Simeon, I'm sure even Saints fans were like, okay. Like, yeah, you, you trust in Sean Payton and what he can do on offense. But can Trevor Simeon take you to the playoffs? Is Trevor Simeon going to win you a Super Bowl? Is Taysom Hill going to win you a Super Bowl? Probably not. So right now in New Orleans, you have a quarterback problem. And this is kind of the trend that we're seeing around the league is that I feel like teams hang on too long sometimes and they fail to admit that they have a quarterback problem, right? They, 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 they try their damnedest. They try their due diligence to try to make things work, and it just doesn't work. They've tried to make Taysom Hill work for a while now. Now, as a gadget guy, as a, a as a slasher, like whether a tight end slash fullback, put him in the backfield as a running back sometimes, and occasionally maybe run like a quarterback wildcat, whatever the case may be, yes, Taysom Hill can definitely do that, and he can probably give you a little bit of a, an advantage there because not every team has a Taysom Hill. But to sit here and say, man, this is going to be your starting quarterback for years to come, there's just no way. So if you're Sean Payton right now, you got to realize that whether it's Trevor Simeon, whether it's Taysom Hill, you got a quarterback problem right now. And a lot of teams in this league have a quarterback problem. Some of them want to admit it. Some of them don't want to admit it. I think if you want to turn over a new leaf and if you want to build on what you had before, if you're the Saints, you got to admit it right now. Jameis Winston might have been the guy. Who knows? He, he had some ups. He had some downs. Very Jameis Winston-like. But Taysom Hill, man, Trevor Simeon, they aren't those guys. And when we come back here, I want to go around the league a little bit here, Brian. And I want to see every single team. And I want to ask you, how many teams have that guy right now? And how many teams are maybe in quarterback denial and need to admit that they have a problem? More of that when we get back here on ESPN 690. And this is Watkins to the end zone, but a flag is down. And it looks like it's going to stand. Man, I'll tell you what. Now, with help of Taysom Hill, but that Cowboys defense, not too shabby. I mean, Diggs is really coming on. I mean, this guy, I think he's third right now or fourth in terms of odds to win defensive player of the year. Um... You know, Watkins playing pretty well. You, you, you have a lot of good guys right now on the Cowboys. And, you know, we always think of the offense of the Cowboys, the Mari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, stuff like that. But if they can get any kind of, you know, re- resemblance of a defense from that team, well, now you got something. And I think they're, they're well on their way 
to doing that. Austin Lane Action Sports, Jacks on ESPN 690. Joined by Brian today, phone in for Casey. Uh, Casey, Brent Martineau, Marcel on the road, all in L.A., for the Jaguars-Rams game. Obviously, we'll talk about that game later on today. Jalen Ramsey, um, talk to the media. We'll break that down a little bit, kind of give our last predictions of of how this game is going to go. Spoiler alert, probably not that well, but we'll break it down and we'll go from there. But I want to finish up real quick um, talking about, you know, we start with Taysom Hill and, and how he's not that guy and how if you're Sean Payton, you got to admit, I mean, we'll see what happens with Jameis Winston in the future, but you might have a quarterback problem right now. And being an offensive-minded coach, and having a quarterback problem, um, that's a that's an issue, right? Oh, and real quick, too, Micah Parsons, calm down. I think Micah Parsons had his 10th sack last night or 11th sack, if I'm not mistaken. Could he that guy to calm down a little bit, man? Yeah. Because I, I see a guy like that who, you know, and, and I'm, we'll see with Caleb on chase on, but I imagine, man, you put Micah Parsons next to, to Josh Allen. Man. And, and by the way, he wasn't supposed to be playing outside linebacker. Micah Parsons was an inside linebacker. They had injuries, and they said, hey, can you rush? Yeah, I can rush. I can run like a 4-3, but of course I can rush. It goes to show you that speed at certain positions, it can't be understated. We always get so enthralled with the 40-yard dash of a wide receiver, and then I can point to guys like DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, I, I can point to – there's a lot of receivers that maybe are the 4-5, four, 4-4s, four, four, and there's some of the best. Devonta Adams, another classic example right there. Not the fastest receiver, but the guy might be the best route runner in the entire NFL. Meanwhile, John Ross, who like broke the record with the 4-2, I'm not sure where he's at. He was in New York. Don't know what happened to him. So it goes to show you that sometimes we can't get too enthralled with speed. But if you're a linebacker or if you're an edge rusher and you're running 4-4s or 4-3, whatever he ran, you got to take that into consideration. You got to take that burst into consideration because that's what Micah Parsons has. Is he the most refined pass rusher in terms of his skill set, in terms of his hands? No. But when you're explosive as hell, you're, you're gonna you're gonna find yourselves getting some quarterback sacks. That's what Micah Parsons is doing right now, having a hell of a year, and he's obviously probably gonna be rookie of the year, um, and it's gonna be a landslide from that. But getting back to you know, do these teams have a quarterback problem? Obviously, right now the New Orleans Saints they got a quarterback problem. Dallas Cowboys, as long as Dak Prescott can stay healthy, you're all good. Congratulations. You got your guy, and you got your guy late. You, you got your guy that, you know, it was kind of you lucked into him, if you will. Tony Romo gets hurt. Uh, you, you get this late-round draft pick from Mississippi State and Dak Prescott, and it all works out. But let's go around the league real quick because I want to see exactly how many teams have a quarterback problem. And Brian, feel free to play with me as well. And let's just start with the number one team that we got to talk about because this is the team that we obviously talk about. And that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I'm not saying I'm off the Trevor Lawrence wagon quite yet. But to preface this, last year, if you talk about Justin Herbert, all you needed was four or five games to know, okay, this is our quarterback for, for years and years to come. Like Chargers fans were in the street celebrating because they found their guy in Justin Herbert. The same thing could be said for Joe Burrow. Now, Justin Herbert was, was a great situation, had the talent around him, had Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler. He lucked in to getting drafted into a good situation. Joe Burrow, not so much, but even through those first whatever, four games that he played before he got hurt, Bengals fans were ready to rejoice because they had their quarterback in Joe Burrow. I think this year, right now, the only fan base that's actually rejoicing and having their quarterback set 
is the New England Patriots. Once again, a very good situation, but Mac Jones has played well. He's really come into his own as a Patriot, and I think Patriot fans are ready to crown him for years and years to come. So let me ask you this, Brian. How are you feeling about Trevor Lawrence right now? Yeah, you know, uh, let me um, put my lawyer on. I'm going to come to the defense. (laughs) Brian Middleton Esquire for uh, the defense of Trevor Lawrence. He absolutely, in my opinion, is the Jags QB who can lead this team to multiple double-digit winning seasons Mm -hmm. and can lead them deep into the playoffs. And I honestly, listen, based off this small sample size, it's going to sound a little weird. But I think that you guys are going to get a Super Bowl. And I say you guys because, you know, just full disclosure, I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. Okay. It's just the way that it worked out, right? Condolences to you as well. Yeah, I know, right? But but here's the deal. When Jacksonville does well, everything's better, especially for the sports media. So I want Jacksonville to do well, except when they play Carolina. (laughs) But I truly believe, I see the way that he handles himself. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking for more of a layman's term because, uh, or perspective because, I didn't play in the league like you. Mm -hmm. So you see things that the regular person doesn't, even people that played in college, um, as opposed to someone like yourself who Mm -hmm. knows all the ins and outs, even if you didn't play that position. So when, you know, if you see something about Trevor Lawrence, I'm going to take more weight about it. But everything that I've seen about him from the way that he is actually on the field for the most of the season, when it looked like at the very least he was steadily improving Mm -hmm. uh, or plateauing, but not really uh, like falling back or taking steps back to even the way that he handles himself in the uh, post-game interviews. I just like the way that his makeup is. I like the way that he's built. I think Jacksonville got it right. Now, is Urban Meyer going to be with him along on this journey? I don't know. I don't know how that works out. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that Trevor Lawrence is the QB for Jacksonville. And I think that it's going to be a lot of success two, three, four, five, ten years down the road. Brian Esquire, the prosecution rests. No, here's the thing, man. I don't disagree with you whatsoever. Uh, I am still on the Trevor train. I'm not getting off anytime soon. I still think he's going to be the guy here in Jacksonville. Where I get a little leery about, what I get a little reserved about, is is he in the environment to succeed? Right? Like, Jacksonville, they don't have a quarterback problem right now. But Jacksonville has a, a quarterback grooming problem, let's just say. Because the talent around him, yeah, it, you know, it's probably lacking. I think I, we may have gave... This receiving core, way too much credit in the preseason. I thought they were going to be great. Um, you know, I think they're one of the worst right now in the NFL. I think the numbers would show that. I think the drops um, and the penalties would show that. I think we gave a lot of credit to this offensive line. At least some people did. And the offensive line, you know, I mean, I think they're middle of the pack, if you want to say. But once again, the penalties um, have absolutely crushed them. James Robinson, in terms of having the complimentary football aspect of running and passing, he's there. Like, I'm, I'm not complaining about that whatsoever. When James Robinson gets the ball, when they want to give James Robinson the ball, good things happen. So I'm not upset about that. You know, I think some of the play calling and stuff like that, you can, you know, you can kind of critique a little bit. And, and maybe, you know, the head coach right now in terms of how everything's going, you can critique that as well. So, no, I'm not ready to call Trevor Lawrence a bust, not even close. I'm still riding with Trevor Lawrence. My worry comes in is if if he has the environment to succeed. Because I always go back to J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson walking off the field for the last time um, as Houston Texans. And J.J. Watt turns to Deshaun Watson. He says, man, I'm sorry that we wasted your season. I'm I'm sorry that we wasted, uh, you know, your, your year here. And then, you know, what happened after that? Now it's, you know, it's forgotten about. 
but that's kind of how I feel about Trevor Lawrence right now. Like, yeah, we, we've seen some good, and we got Dan Orlovsky, you know, absolutely infatuated, it seems like, every single week with Trevor Lawrence breaking down why, you know, he's the next reincarnation of Peyton Manning, it seems like. I'm not ready to crown him that quite yet, but we have seen some good things. I just, I hope the environment is conducive to him where we can keep on growing and maturing on the field. Because off the field, like you mentioned, press conferences, fantastic. You know, um, in the community, great. You know, he's, he's well beyond his years uh, as a professional of all the intangibles and stuff outside of the field, off the field, in front of the camera. What we still don't know yet, though, is how is he on the field? And, you know, we'd be naive to say, I don't feel as confident right now as Chargers fans felt last year with Justin Herbert. I don't feel as confident right now um, as Bengals fans felt last year with Joe Burrow. I don't feel as confident right now as Patriots fans feel at this moment with Mac Jones. I just don't. I hope it works out. I'm still on the train. But, I mean, if you look at the numbers, eh. If you look at the film, okay, pretty good. But there's some, eh. So we'll have to wait and see. So, no, Jacksonville does not have a quarterback problem, but they might have a, a quarterback developing problem depending on how this thing goes forward. Obviously, Patriots, you mentioned Mac Jones. They're all good. Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills, they're all good. Let me ask you this one, Brian. Tua Tungaviola and, and the Miami Dolphins. Five and seven right now. Could be making a run in the playoffs if they win some more games. Do you think Miami's got a quarterback problem? Uh, they got a problem if they want someone who's going to take them to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tua, he, uh, you know, he's fine. He, mm-hmm. He's fine. Like, I, I felt the same way about him at Alabama. I, I, I didn't get the hype. Like, he kept winning, so I, you can't knock it. But I was just like, ugh. But uh, I think that Miami, if they're talking about whether or not they're going to get a quarterback that can get them into the playoffs, mm-hmm. sure, Tua will be that, I guess, eventually. But I don't see, a, like, a dominance there. If Tua's at the helm, could be wrong. Yeah, but I just I haven't seen it since uh, his days in Alabama. Uh, it just it never popped off the screen like some of the other prospects we're talking about. Even with Justin Herbert, or you're talking about Trevor Lawrence, or some of the prospects that came in before then, where you're just like, oh man, that guy right there. Yeah, he's he's it. You got to get him. If you miss him. You're going to kick yourself years down the line. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of on defense, I guess, with that answer. So, ultimately, I'm saying no because you want to win the Super Bowl. Yep, and, and, and that's, the, that's the biggest thing. And you hit it right on the head right there. Can Tua bring you to a Super Bowl? I, I can't foresee it. So, no. If you can't do that, then you got a quarterback problem. I think Zach Wilson, I mean... Yeah, okay, this is the last time I'm going to spend some time on those kind of rapid fire through these. I think with Zach Wilson, it's not fair to say if you have a quarterback problem quite yet just because he's been hurt. So you don't really know what he's bringing to the table. What we've seen, I mean, you feel a lot better than Trevor Lawrence. You do about Zach Wilson right now. His mom's all over TikTok causing chaos. But at the end of the day, you haven't seen enough to Z- of Zach Wilson to know if you have a quarterback problem or not. So I'm going to give the Jets right now the benefit of the doubt. Your thoughts, Brian? Uh, if he stays with the Jets, then no. He, yeah. he's, it's, it's a quarterback problem. It's a health problem for him if yes, he stays yes, with the Jets. For sure. Uh, Lamar Jackson, fine. You know, Joe Burrow, fine. Pittsburgh Steelers, you better believe it. And I think I speak for both of us here. Um, Brian, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they got a quarterback problem. Absolutely. Because Ben Roethlisberger, um, father time's undefeated, man. And I, and I thought you had it this year. You're so in playoff contention. I get all that. But Ben Roethlisberger is a shell of himself. And it's unfortunate because you got the sense that he wanted to come back for one more year, try to will his team to a Super Bowl, and it's just not going to happen. Baker Mayfield, I think the Browns might have a quarterback problem. I'm going to go and put Baker Mayfield in that category just because 
he, he's not elevating that team. When you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, when they're healthy, um, are probably the, the best dynamic you know, running backs in the NFL, it makes your life a lot easier. But in terms of the passing game, I just haven't seen that. Ryan Tannehill, Tennessee Titans. I think they're okay right now. I'm not going to say it's a problem, but I'm going to keep an eye on it. I just think with Ryan Tannehill, we've seen some good. We've seen some real good. When Derrick Henry goes out, we've seen some real bad. Um, I'm not ready to sell Ryan Tannehill out quite yet after a couple bad performances, but he's on the fringe for me. Brian? Yeah, you know, Ryan Tannehill, uh, I think that if they get to a Super Bowl, he's going to act more like a Trent Dilfer when Baltimore went and won that, yeah. that Super Bowl. Yep. Uh, that's a fair assessment. Uh, Houston Texans, yeah. I mean, Davis Mills, sorry, man, you're not that guy. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, we know what you are. Houston's definitely a, a quarterback problem, and especially with Deshaun Watson still wanting out. Another distraction, if you will. So, yeah, Houston, quarterback problem. Kansas City Chiefs, all good. Los Angeles Chargers, all good. Derek Carr, Los Angeles, I'm sorry, Las Vegas Raiders. Quarterback problem or not? No. No. Not at all. No. I like him. I think he has what it takes. I think that uh, they may be like one or two pieces away, but as far as quarterback, he can get you there. Okay. Um, Agree? <sighs> See, Derek Carr is such an anomaly to me. He's such an enigma because just when I want to hate on him and say, yeah, this guy's not going to do it, he, he has a season like he did last year. And like, look at his numbers last year. He wasn't the issue um, in Las Vegas. And now you have the whole John Gruen situation. You have a lot of drama right now going on with the Raiders. You know, and he's kind of keeping this team above water. They're 6-5. and five. They're right off, you know, the AFC West uh, contention of winning the division. It's hard to write off Derek Carr right now. It really is. Last one in the AFC. Then we'll go to the NFC. We'll come back after the break. How you feeling about Teddy Bridgewater? How you feeling about Drew Locke? Oh, Quarter, see, quarterback problem? Uh, uh, well, yeah, with Drew Locke, yeah, of course, right? Okay. Yep. But listen, man, Teddy Bridgewater, I've called this uh, plenty of times over the years. He's the Tom Brady of quarterback. <laughs> I'll explain more later, but he is. Okay. Well, yeah, forget it. T's come back in the break. You just called Teddy Bridgewater the Tom Brady of quarterbacks. I want an explanation. Brian Esquire, we'll get back here on ESPN 690. Yeah, I think he's been a quick learner for us. Again, there's just so much to learn, but I, I think he's done a nice job of, of progressing. Um, you know, there was a lull in there as, as, you know, as a whole, really. None of this can ever be just put on him, right? It all, it's, it's really all of us, and everybody has to work together. You know, we talked about that a bunch in here. Jags offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel. Everyone's got to work together. Yep. Got to hold people accountable for dropping footballs. Yep. Can't be getting so many foolish penalties. Yep. So it does take everybody. It Essentially, it falls on the head coach and the quarterback. That's what you sign up for. But it does take everybody. And, you know, we'll, we'll break this down here in a little while in, in, in terms of taking everybody to go to the West Coast and try to beat the, the Los Angeles Rams. And they, they will be without, I think Shaq Griffin was announced today, will not be making the trip um, I believe, you know, concussion protocol for, for Shaq Griffin. So missing your best cover corner um, is going to make things that more that much more difficult with, you know, this Rams offense who, you know, has, has been good. You know, they've, they've, they've echoed their coach when he brings the table in Sean McVay. Um, I don't think they've been necessarily, you know, the, the game records that we saw a couple years ago, but they could be on their way. 
right? Otto Beckham Jr. getting acquainted with the offense a little more. Dale Henderson Jr. Um, starting to come on a little bit more after losing Cam Akers for the season, the preseason, actually. You know, they're starting running back from Florida State. So, and Cooper Cup right now one of the best wide receivers in the entire NFL. And they have a tight end in Tyler Higby, who I think is a little underrated, who could give the Jaguars some problems, too, on defense. So, you know, Joe Cullen uh, and this defense, I think, are going to have their hands full, especially traveling to the West Coast. But speaking of the Rams and speaking of the NFC, well, real quick, though, before we break down the NFC of how many quarterbacks uh, you should be worried about in the NFC right now, if you have a quarterback problem or not, before we went to break, Brian just told me, that Teddy Bridgewater is the Tom Brady of quarterbacks? Did I get that right? That is uh, accurate, sir. Yeah. The, the, yeah. By all means, the floor is yours. Yeah. Well, so so listen, man. Uh, just because results differ doesn't mean that people can't be in the same class, right? We, we get sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. Because who is actually going to have... Six, seven, eight, nine, fifteen 15 uh, Super Bowl wins by the time Brady is done? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody that we can think of. But Teddy Bridgewater never gets you beat. And that's one of the uh, intangible things, right? And it isn't because he's scared to throw the ball down the field. Mm -hmm. It isn't because he shrinks in the big moments. He has something like, uh, I just looked this up a couple of weeks ago, uh, like seven or eight uh, game-winning or comeback um, uh, wins in like the last three or four seasons. Like, even when he was hurt, he was still performing. I mean, he won in Minnesota. He he won for his short stint in uh, New Orleans. Now, he didn't win in Carolina, but trust me, none of that was his (laughs) fault. Just trust me. Okay, okay. And now he's in Denver, and Denver's trying to figure this out, and he is an integral part to them actually being, I believe, above 500 right now. Teddy Bridgewater, I see the same. I won't get you beat, but I can be a stone-cold killer in the fourth quarter, and I can just pick you apart. Then I see in Tom Brady. Now, listen, again, so you... The expertise that you have, you yeah. probably think that I'm foolish, and that's fine. No, that's cool, but that's what I see, and I, I'm going to stand so, on it. No, hey, listen, I, I, I respect the enthusiasm. I, I respect the passion. Um, you, you make a lot of great points. You said it yourself. You're a Panthers fan, and I'll take you at your word if it wasn't Teddy Bridgewater. And it was really wasn't. I'll be honest. I, I thought they ran Teddy Bridgewater a little bit too much in Carolina. All of a sudden, Teddy Bridgewater's got some wheels on him, which I didn't foresee happening, but he ran a lot in Carolina. I uh, And he kind of had a little swag to him when he was doing it. I will say this about Teddy Bridgewater. If you follow his career, like, yeah, the the trajectory of Teddy Bridgewater, it it was perfect in Minnesota. He has an unforeseen incident. He hurts that. You know, he tears basically everything in his leg in, in a routine play in practice, and then it all goes downhill from there. Right, and then all of a sudden now, like you're you're on the you're on the back burner. And you gotta try to get your way up to the front again. When he was in New Orleans, yeah, you, you learned from a great one in Drew Brees. When you came in, I think you went either five and zero or six and zero. And yeah, you, you had a great team around you, but you still won those games. I think I think Teddy Bridgewater played here, if I'm not mistaken, when he's played for the Saints, uh, he did well. So I'm not taking anything away from Teddy Bridgewater. And if I look at the Broncos right now, you're six and five in the AFC West. You're one game outside of first place in the AFC West. Yeah, it's kind of hard for me to hate on Teddy Bridgewater. It really is, especially with what that team has. Now, that team is built on offense. I mean, they have the receivers. They have the running game. Offensive line got upgraded from last year. So, I mean, it is a quarterback-friendly environment. But if I'm a, if I'm a Broncos fan right now, it's not like I'm sitting here saying, we're 6-5, and five, but we need a quarterback. Like, no, you know, 6-5. I'm not sure what the over-under of wins, you know, in the preseason were for you guys in terms of Vegas. 
But I got to think you're getting close to going to the over. And, and, and that's, that's a lot has to do with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I wasn't a big proponent of Vic Fangio as a head coach. He may have saved his job now. So, yeah, I think overall, does Denver have a quarterback problem? No. Do they have a quarterback solution? I don't know about that either. But I'm not going to say Teddy Bridgewater is the issue right now in Denver. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. No, the Tom Brady quarterback's aggressive, Brian, but uh, I agree with you. I think they're okay right now uh, in Denver. Dallas Cowboys, we talked to them before in the NFC, don't have a problem with Dak Prescott. Taylor Heineke, Washington. Quarterback problem in Washington? I'm, I, I'll say right now because I'm making a, a check mark. I'm kind of keeping receipts. I'm putting it down for a quarterback problem. But I want to hear what you have to say about it. I think I'm just falling like in love with the whole story and everything. Uh, you know, because undrafted and uh, I forgot the school he went to. Uh, but it, I mean, you know, no, I, <laughs> don't, I, I don't fall off the story. I'm telling you, the story's not everything. Though. But I feel like uh, if I got to do all that, then yes, there's a quarterback problem. Okay, I just realized okay. if I got to do all that to try to get. By the way, college was Old Dominion. By yeah, the way. yeah, Old Dominion. Old Dominion, which I, okay. It's a great story, though, isn't it? I mean, I thought that was a country band. Didn't know that was even a university. <laughs> so shout out to Taylor Heineke for making that work. No, it, listen, it's, it's a great story. Guy plays with grit, toughness. I'm not taking anything away from Taylor Heineke as a player, as a person, none of that. But I'm just saying going forward, if the Washington, you know, if Washington football team, they're not concerned about, hey, where do we go next in the quarterback direction, then you might have bigger issues. So... Yeah, I mean, he, he's they're, they're competing for a playoff spot. They're competing for not really a division because Dallas is kind of running away with it. But they're competing for a playoff spot. But I just think going forward, Taylor Heineke is not going to be that guy. Jalen Hurts. I can't go against my boy Jalen Hurts after I said he's going to be a fantasy darling this year. So I am, I am, I have strapped myself to the Jalen Hurts rocket. Whether we go up to the moon and hang out with Elon Musk, or whether I go back down below sea level because the rocket bursts, I don't know. But I'm all in on Jalen Hurts. So I can't say he's a quarterback problem. Yeah, uh, you called that then because uh, he's on my fantasy squad. Oh, and there you go. More weeks than not. There you go. I've been like, wow, I got yeah. him and Kyler, and I, I've been starting him more than well, Kyler's been out, but. Yep. I mean, I, I didn't see that one coming. He's like, I think, ranked number one or two uh, for points in fantasy. So, yeah, you called Preach. that one. Preach. Uh, yeah, I think uh, as long as the, the system is set for him, I think that I think he has the ability to get them, you know, mm-hmm. probably to a Super Bowl. Hey. All the cards are going to fall right at least one season. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we're on the same page. Hey, do, do you want to know who I called last year, by the way, who was my fantasy darling last year? Who's that? Kyler Murray. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. You should go uh, play the lottery. Uh, you better believe it. I should just go to fan- ESPN Fantasy Football and we'll start working there. Uh, New York Giants. Yeah, Daniel Jones, you're a problem. Sorry. And, and uh, I'm sure Brent's going to call in later and complain about it. But, yeah, Daniel Jones, you, you are not that guy. Okay? Not that guy. I don't care if Saquon Barkley keeps on getting hurt. I understand that's that's an issue. But say uh but Daniel Jones, not that guy. Now if you want to play running back, so be it. Real quick. Green Bay Packers, yeah, you still got one in Aaron Rodgers. Might have a problem in the next year or so, but right now they're okay. Kurt Cousins. It's not a problem, but I'm not pumped up about it. Justin Fields, you know what it is there. I think Jared Goff is a problem with the Detroit Lions. Uh Tampa Bay, you're okay. Matt Ryan, yep, you're an issue. Uh, Carolina Panthers, yeah, they have a quarterback issue right now. I think you'd agree with that, Brian, right? Absolutely. Okay. New Orleans Saints, we talked about them. They have an issue. Arizona Cardinals, you know, I mean, Kyler Town, you're good. Uh, Matthew Stafford, Rams, good. Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, that combination is good. And then the Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson playing with an injury. 
We'll see in the future, though. Does he want to stay in Seattle, trying to go someplace else? Maybe goes to Cleveland. Maybe goes to New York with Sierra. Stay tuned to that one. But right now, the Seattle Seahawks, they have a lot of problems, but it ain't the quarterback position. So at the end of the day, what did we establish out of this exercise? There are 10 teams right now in the NFL that have a quarterback problem. The question is, can they admit it? Can they get better? Or are they going to stick with more of just the same and not admit it and see what happens next season? More on ESPN 690 when we get back. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.